and welcome to episode 15 of Unqualified Game Chat. I am your host, Azara Lopez, and with me today, my co-host and my partner in crime. And in life. And in life. Spencer. <laughs> the legacy. What's up, everybody? I'm back. I never left. I've been in every episode. I don't know why I said I'm back. I've been sitting here for the past week <laughs> waiting for this to turn back on. Wait for that's all I do. I sit again, here and I wait. Again, I felt like it's been such a long time since the last time I spoke with you. It's true because it's been a long week all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. I decided to take a little mini vacay over the weekend. I don't yeah. typically say vacay, but I thought it worked for this. But this was a vacay. This was, this friend was a vacay. Hell yeah. I, I decided to hit up five video game stores, used video game stores in uh, Sacramento, California. Celebrate your birthday. I'm celebrating being 32 years old by spending... A lot of money. Thirty two hundred dollars. <laughs> PS one games. <laughs> yeah, on PS one games. I I got a couple good couple good grabs. So that's all. That's all one could hope for when going. That's out. all one could hope for. Yeah, spent spent more money than I thought I was going to, but that's the name of the game. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. I I do have to say that we are still looking for more Magna Carta views. If you can uh, look for that, um, I I need to put a I need to put a playlist up because people are having trouble finding it. So I'm going to create a playlist. Got to get those views up if you guys want the next one. Come on, yeah. You we know have the a drill. request. We have a request to do Xeno Saga, and I oh. think that would be uh, really cool to do. And yeah. um, maybe we will. Maybe we will. I mean, you never gotta, know. Got to get those views up, though. It's on you yeah, now. We got a whole season ready for you. <laughs> it's on you now. It's all, you know, yeah. I had just to drop a bomb. I did have Saga Frontier planned to do it, but then they did Saga Frontier Remastered. So it'll just look like we're just jumping on Saga Frontier Remastered hype. And yeah, it's no longer obscure. Yeah. It's not like, oh, uh, we just got a huge wave of interviews from this game. So going to gonna step away and focus on dig a little deeper into yeah. my into my brain find the weird stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i want to know Lioko. i want to know spencer what are you what are you playing this week well i finished resident evil village ah spooky spooky, spooky. very spooky. scared less scary than seven ah less oppressively scary than seven mm-hmm. seven was constantly on your nerves like when i was playing seven i was playing with my brother and the whole time i was playing i was like tense because of the atmosphere uh village has a little bit of that but it's mostly sections that are really scary it's like a uh it's like you're going to through a timeline of the resident evil series it's true there's there's a lot of resident evil 4 there's some resident evil 1 and 2 kind of feeling uh, there's a little bit of Code Veronica, which I think we all know is the best. Yes. There's it's it's really interesting. I I really enjoyed Village. I found it was like I got it like the day after we recorded the last episode or the the next day. So I was like, oh, I'm really interested and excited. So now that I've played it, I was right to be. I think uh, it's a really 
unique game and that the way like they took everything from seven and they just made it more cohesive and easier to do and then they i am surprised at how much they advertised the tall vampire lady yeah right only in the first quarter of the game right (laughs) yeah that was that's that I was, thought she was going to be the main one. <laughs> I feel like that was like the biggest fuck you to fans. But I I guess we should have said spoilers before that. But yeah. But I mean, that's something you should know going in. If you're like, I don't know if I should buy it, but I love Tall Vampire Lady. Yeah. You should yeah. know that she's not the main antagonist of the whole game. Yes. So. Yes. There's several. There's several antagonists. But one big twist, I guess. For, yeah. There's a few. There's a few twists. And I there think is. those I think those are the the biggest pickings, you know? Those that's what you get out of this game. Because the boss battles like most like the ending of uh, Resident Evil uh 7, I felt like those big boss battles were more on rails. I was never afraid yeah. of those giant monsters. I was just following the rules. Hit shoot this eye, shoot this mouth you know oh very virtual cop-esque where you're yeah point shoot point shoot yeah like the ending of um ending of dead space Mm -hmm. yeah had that had that same appeal where you you were just hitting these triggers you know and um i think a few encounters i love what they did with some of the boss battles though where yeah yeah oh it's it's a game uh I, i i think everyone should play village and it has the best character ever the duke yeah fat morbidly obese kind (laughs) man who gives you guns he's wonderful he's also the he's also probably the most sane character which is shocking because he's like this random enormous man who can seemingly teleport around to get to where you are and And he's like oh ethan Ethan." still has the (sighs) ethan still thinks that he can talk to like old witch ladies and uh chris redfield <laughs> and get answers but he has this fucking duke guy that is yeah. just like they're like the only person he needs so why even waste his why is ethan even wasting his time it's i have true. a question for you yes for resident evil 9 mm-hmm. would you like to see a new protagonist or is there a specific old protagonist that you would like to see a return of that's tough. I'm a big nostalgic fan of Leon. So mm-hmm. I always like to see Leon and I love Chris. Mm-hmm. But I quite enjoyed Ethan in this one. I think he was more of a person. So I wouldn't be against a new character. But I do think like it, it shouldn't be all there needs to be at least one character from previous games to help establish that character. I think. Mm-hmm. Because I think Ethan's relationship with Chris helped make him more like, oh, okay, I, I can understand his position. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against returning to Claire, Chris, Leon. Um, I, it'd be weird to return to Rebecca or Billy, but sure, why not? Um, <laughs> but what about you? What, what do you think they should have a new character? Well. While you were ex- while you were explaining uh, the characters that you thought, the only thing that my brain could go to was now stick with me here. 
a side story of a Yuri romance between Jill Valentine and Claire Redfield. Oh my, that, mm-hmm. that would certainly be new, uh-huh. new uh-huh. for the franchise. Yes, but then yes, how's yes. Chris going to bother Leon to have a kid with Claire if Jill and Claire are together? It's not going to make sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, Code Veronica X XX. Oh, what about XX? There has to be, they have to do it sequentially. No, you're they right. Have you're to, right. You're they have right. to release a, a demo. It's called Veronica XX, and it's how they meet. <laughs> An interactive demo. Yeah. It's got to be like the Maiden demo. That's how they have to do it. Um, You know, now that you mention her, I would like to see a return of Rebecca. Sure. Uh, they'll never do it? No. What uh, happened to Billy? I don't know. Billy, yeah, you know. Hell, what happened to Jill? We haven't seen her chronologically since five. Bring back Jill. Yeah, you know, and and arguably, Jill is one of the more pronoun characters. She she does deserve uh, the spotlight a little more. I mean, even even Claire got a few games. Yeah, make a game with Jill and Barry. Give us some more Barry. <laughs> Give us is, some more classic. Would you take a look at this? Is Barry still alive? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I think, I think so. <laughs> I want to say Barry's dead. Um, Wasn't Revelations too about like Barry's daughter, one of the characters? So maybe, dude, I think I he's got to be alive. Barry can't die. Um, I would, I would, I would say either Claire. I would either, I would say either Claire or uh, Rebecca. Yeah, I'd be no. very open to Jill though, because yeah, if they did Jill, if they did Jill, I would be great. I would be fine with that. And also, I. It's weird because I like the first person, but mm-hmm. um, if you if you have Jill, you definitely don't want her in the first person. It's true, and I think I think the way that Village ends, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the way it ends, I think leans more into established characters than a new one. Like I think that it has plot threads that established characters could take better advantage of. So I I, I think that they'll go with Jill or Chris or. Well, I'd say they make the most sense, but I'm not, I don't know. I think we'll be getting DLC for Chris or for maybe, I mean, throw some Leon DLC in there. Like, what the fuck is he doing right now? Yeah. And there was uh, that DLC that they have right now that has a bunch of like lore has cut uh, art of Ada Wong. She was supposed to be in the game. Oh, so give us Ada DLC. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, that's what I've been playing village. It's been on my mind. Been having a good time with it. What have you been playing, Azario? Well, I'm gonna flip the script because, as as the listeners know, you're typically the Assassin's Creed guy. It's true. The first couple episodes, I was on a roll, but now I've been playing the Wrath of Druids DLC for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and uh, you know. I mean, this is going to go into our bigger talk because we're going to lead in with uh, Ubisoft. Uh, but as a game, I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla is pretty fun. Um, probably the best Assassin's Creed that we've gotten in a while. Hmm. Um, for me, at least, I just I just experienced open world burnout. I've I started feeling it 
probably around Fallout 3 where I just didn't give a fuck about pin maps and pins and and it's even yeah even in the new God of War right when I got to the open worldy part where you can go in a boat and stuff put the yeah. controller down and never return to the game really I didn't give a fuck Wow. I did not. I did not. Uh, oh my kid, oh. brother! <laughs> that is what Kratos sounds like. You're right, brother. You just you used to fuck fucking used to fuck lesbians all the time. You had menage a trois or whatever you did. And now you're he crying. Has a about son your, now. And now you're crying about your dead wife, dude. Dude was drowning in the pussy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Ain't no, ain't no Kratos that I know that I grew up with would cry about no dead bitch and her bastard oh son. <laughs> oh my God, Corey Barlog, if you're listening to this, I don't, I don't agree with any of this. I think it's a great direction. You know, I so Kratos has grown as a person. So He's stepping back, anger dude. Man. Okay, so Kratos can grow as a person, but uh, the creator of God of War can't because uh, <laughs> he's getting all this crap for all the stuff he says. Who? David Jaffe? David Jaffe? Is he? He's he always gets crap. Oh, I could see. It. He's a pretty outspoken yeah, guy. Yeah, I he's a pretty outspoken guy. Yeah, we, he, he maybe maybe he deserves some of it. Maybe he doesn't. I'm not sure. I'd have to. <laughs> I, I, I don't follow. I don't. I don't. I don't personally follow him, but yeah, I do love. I do love uh, people who are um, uncensored in their in their talk. That's um, true. Not from a place of hate, from a place of uh, uh, constructive criticism. Not like us censored boys. Us. Yeah. Us, us good. Good <laughs> followers of the of of the creed. I I feel like I feel like you and I are are ones who. I think we're pretty true. Yeah, I think we're pretty I, open about who we are. I think I can speak for you, or I can speak for myself. With, with yeah, I can speak for myself. <laughs> like, interacting, <laughs> interacting with you is that even off of this show, you act the same way. It's true. I'm the same schmuck that I am off the show, and I think that's the same for you too. Yeah, I maybe I say the f word a little, a little more. Uh, but no one wants to hear a bunch of the f bombs on this show. Yeah, we're a good Christian show. Yeah, <laughs> it's unqualified God- game it's chat, godly Holy show. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I had I had some burnout. I had some open world burnout. Back to the original talk before we got uh, sidetracked. The when I picked up Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I expected the first hour, and then I'd be tired and wanted to take a nap. But I kept wanting to play. I just, I just really liked, uh, I really liked the, the the stuff you could do, and the way that you had control over the story. I, I do like, I do enjoy a sense of immersion in a game like that. I think that's the only reason why I, I stopped playing like DLC from Watchdog Legions, and I kind of stepped away from that is because I never felt connected to any of the characters because you could just be whoever you wanted, yeah. and it really got boring after a while. After you beat the game and after you try and get to the side stuff, it's like, I don't care about any of these characters. And that was the biggest downfall. With Valhalla, it's like, oh, I, I, this character doesn't look like me and is not, and I'm not as aggressive, but I really, I really enjoy this. So with yeah. Wrath of uh, Wrath of Druids, the only issue is that they did so well with Valhalla 
that you go to Ireland and it's this huge region with nothing really in it. So where I was used to in Valhalla, uh, going around England is like, oh, there's a cave over here. Oh, there's a secret treasure over here. Let me do this. Let me do that. There's none of that really. There's there's treasure and stuff, but it's not it's not as condensed as it was in England. And maybe that has to say about the time that Ireland was around, but it just makes it just makes the game feel a little empty and a little yeah. a little reused. Um they do they do get more out of their towns and stuff. Because with the first game, you just run through the town. You don't give a shit about what's going on. Here, they make it more of a mystery where they give you a mission and they just tell you the general area where it is. And then so you're tasked with kind of looking around and following the clues. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> it sells the idea that you're that you're doing a little more than just following a marker. So yeah. that that's cool. Um, there's this really uh, cute redheaded girl that I romanced, and uh, that Aww. was cool. That's nice. Yeah. Um, gotta get that Yuri love. You, know? you gotta. And uh, I had fun with it. I had fun nice. with it. And that's uh, and my reviews up. I mean, you can see you can see my my thoughts on it. There's there's just that battle. Their their control scheme. Did you play the game? No, I was still working my way up to okay. it from the past ones. The control scheme is just so wonky. It's like I I have to train my brain how to attack and block because it uses the triggers and the it just that's very, weird. Yeah. It's uh there's there's some there's some weird control schemes, but I mean it's a pretty game and uh it's there there's that Ubisoft jank that we all know. Yeah. You know, it's there. Some that of the AI. I I've noticed that if you increase the AI all to the hardest difficulty, they're a lot smarter. And they they act they act a lot more. They are they act a lot. Yeah, they just they're not as stupid. <laughs> they're not running in the walls and yeah. rolling around. They're like when you put it on an easier difficulty, it really dumbs them down to the point yeah. where you're standing in front of them and they can't see you type of thing. But I mean you did that to yourself by setting the difficulty that way. Yeah. So you can't really gauge that. I do. I like the assassins missions. I'm. I don't. Know, I would. I would say that I would like to see what comes of of this series after this, because um, this one was pretty good. Yeah, it's an interesting direction they've taken. So I'm interested to see how they expand on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess that takes us into our conversation now that we're talking about Ubisoft. Is that they recently made a statement that instead of Focusing on uh, three to four AAA titles a year, they're going to release free-to-play games, um, premium free-to-play games, and they might have they might have dialed back a little bit or backpedaled. But how I can present this to you is that Ubisoft has been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Look at that Siege game. What's it called? Rainbow Six Rainbow Siege. Six Siege. You can get that game for free. I mean, you yeah. probably for a dollar or five dollars or something, but the money is coming from microtransactions. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Call of Duty Warzone. It's free. And they're still hella supporting it. Yeah. Because 
it's it coming from microtransit. Yeah, and coming yeah. from microtransactions. Them it's saying this Fortnite. is not big news. But people are treating it like it's huge. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's strange, isn't it? How, how everyone's like, this is, a, I will no longer be buying their games. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> it's where have yeah. you been? Yeah, it's I mean, even in Valhalla, it's a it's it's a single player adventure, but there are ways you can spend money to buy stuff to make things a little easier on you or to buy some weapon pack that you wanted. Um I don't know. It's I don't mind the model because I'm not one to be suckered in this way, but then so let me propose the argument is that there are people with gambling addictions. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think that will have an effect on on their t- tendency to kind of get addicted to this spending spree in Ubisoft games that maybe they considered were easier to get into because they didn't have that shoved in their face, which I know it already has been and it is in all their games, but just for argument's sake, do you think it affects it's a it's going to have effect on people with ad- gambling addictions? I think it might, but it depends on how they go about it because I think what a lot of people are hearing from this is like Ubisoft will now be making Candy Crush instead of Assassin's Creed. Like I think that's what people think when they hear it's going like free to play premium. Mm-hmm. But like you and I like you know, like you said, they've been doing this for a while. So I think like people with addictions might not necessarily be it it's tough because if they lean more into it, yeah, maybe that will have an impact on those people and that sucks. That's tough. Um but I'm not sure because I think it's really going to depend on how they go about it because it, it's, it seems like a very risky move to, to lean into that because how many, like for every war zone uh, there's how many free to play games that yeah. are just, that don't go anywhere and are canned within like a year. Yeah. There's, I've seen so many, I mean, from know, big people too, like Square Enix and stuff and mobile. Games. Yeah. So many mobile games. I think I think that's that's an inherently the issue too is like we see free to play games as a mobile exclusive mm-hmm. uh thing. In the West, mobile games are are tough because West the the bigger market of western players don't give a fuck about mobile games, but Ubisoft and uh, EA and stuff, they don't launch their mobile games for you. They launch yeah. them for the global market who give them hella dollars. Yeah. They don't they don't care about what western media says about what mobile games uh oh this this mobile game sucks whatever. Because they're not trying to to entice you with yeah. that. They're they're busy they're busy focused on uh overseas markets because that's where the cash cow yeah really is. Um and then there's people like Gung Ho, which which really try and push Teppin on people. Um, <laughs> but realistically, uh, Gung Ho doesn't need to do anything because all their money comes from Puzzle and Dragons. So yeah. so they have Puzzle and Dragons, which just feeds their entire staff and their yeah. development team. 
And then they could be like, well, we can support like this weird Teppan fighter game and all of these weird uh, um, events that we want to have planned for it. And we can hire an influencer to just stream Teppan all. Wasn't there like some right before COVID, wasn't there like a Teppan tournament where you could like win a trip to Japan? Yeah. Yeah. You just can, from Teppan. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. They they push it and and they can because Puzzle and Dragon gets them so much fucking money. Yeah, it's the biggest. But but the biggest market for Puzzle and Dragons, yes, it's America, but it's also uh, overseas. And I think so. When when Western media gets a hold of this idea that oh Ubisoft is going free to play, there are so many gamers out there that would would have loved for. Rainbow Six Siege to launch as a free-to-play game. Yeah. You know, they would have loved uh, if uh, Watch Dogs launched as a free-to-play game. I mean, think about it. Think about it. You launch Watch Dogs as a free-to-play game, and you can do the whole campaign free-to-play, but there's, like, side stories and crap that you can buy. Mm -hmm. So you play the whole campaign, and the people that want to play more can buy these side stories or something, you know? Yeah. And and I think that would be an okay way to go about it because there's extra content there if you want it, but it's free if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's a that's probably the best way to do it. That or like a chapter based, like oh, for more of it, like uh, I see, like get that. Yeah, and even there, people can complain. I mm-hmm. the, I've only ever spent money on one mobile game. That's Which game? Pokemon Go. Yeah. I've spent a little bit on Go and a little bit on Duel Links. That's yeah, it. okay. So so but my my Go thing is is that I was playing it so much over one summer is that oh well I mean they're they've they've given me forty hours of something to do and yeah I'm gonna give them ten dollars, you know? Yeah, it's like and oh that, it's only fair. Yeah, like that's my that's my that was my idea of it. I didn't have to. Um mm-hmm. I know plenty of people who have not given them a cent. Um but um, but I've played all the mobile games I've played: Brave Ex- Exvius and uh, uh, Star Ocean before it got shut down. But um, all the mobile games that I played, I never, I never gave them money. That's probably why they shut down. <laughs> <laughs> I might have contributed a little bit, but at the same time, I never had to pay anybody a Dragon Quest of the, for the stars. Yeah, <laughs> for the stars. Is that game still around? No, I think it's getting canned. I think there was a news thing like last month that the tact is still around. Tact is still around. Yeah, but the stars one is not. Surprisingly, they just launched a Dragon Quest four or five yeah. campaign. I saw plan. That on Noisy Pixel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, it's it's just, I mean, it's an it's an interesting way to go, and I mean. I don't give a crap about Ubisoft games. And I think the people that are complaining don't give a crap about Ubisoft games. I want to hear from the fans of Ubisoft yeah. games. Like, does this affect you? You're the one playing these games for hundreds of hours. Ubisoft sells games. Like, it's undeniable. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, if you're a fan of Ubisoft, let us know in the comments. Like, what, where you see this going and how you feel about yeah. it. I'd be really interested to see what, like, hardcore fans feel about like whether they're never buying another Ubisoft game or if they see this as like a good direction to go in there, like a, a, a better one for consumers. I don't know. I'd love to hear exactly that. Yeah. I mean, would it be, would it be, 
I think we're too used to media in the game, gaming industry, bigger media telling us how to feel about a game. Yeah. Um, or how to feel about a platform. Like you had people calling the Vita an indie machine as a negative. And now you have people praising the switch for being an indie machine. The same people that yeah. told that said that about like, we're so, and then now everyone like puts down the Vita, like as a joke, just because like this idea that it, it gets clicks kind of went around. I don't know. Maybe it's all like, uh, would it be like a, a hyperball like type of deal where not many people care, but yeah, we think more outrage sells than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to hate on Ubisoft and some of their uh, business practices aren't, uh, Aren't okay, but um, I'm just trying to play some games. Yeah, I just want to play cool games. I want to be a fun assassin man. Do I do? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, it's plus there's like a backlog of, of so many Ubisoft games that you can go back to if if this isn't the direction that you're interested in. Show yeah, they by released... buying their older games that are more interesting. They published Lunar on DS, so go play. That's weird. Yeah, go play Lunar on DS. That is so strange. <laughs> Published by Ubisoft. Published by Ubisoft. <laughs> they used yeah. to be cool. They used to have cool, cool games. But yeah. Now, once they started, once you start buying uh, studios and stuff, you just want to do that. So, yeah. Doing that. Uh, but that's our conversation, and we pass it on to you. If you have anything to say, please let us know in the comments. And we'll- yeah, I'm interested. Tell us yeah. what you think. Tell us what you think. We're always reading those comments. We're always looking for validation. Give us yeah. some validation. Yeah. Give it to us. Give it to us, please. Cesario's uh, belated birthday. Give him that validation. <laughs> I just need my ego a little bit more full. A little bit higher. Um, but thank you so much for listening, watching, and have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.